desserts. RMM is afflicted (laughs) (laughs) with uh, hiccups that are um, heartbreaking. I haven't even been drinking anything today. It's just coffee and water. That's been it. (laughs) Do you have any favorite... um, uh, remedies from like childhood where it's like oh drink from the other side yeah. of the water and then get it all over you or like dr- hold your breath while you're like none of them I work. Like I feel like one works for someone sometime when like coincidentally the hiccups were going to be over anyway sure. and then it was like look this works maybe you can scare it out of me Katie ooga booga ah, I'm so scared Ron DeSantis oh god oh no damn <laughs> I thought that would definitely do it that was creepy Greg Abbott. Oh God. No. Oh uh, no. Nope. Damn. My uh, my roommate, um, freshman year of college, uh, hiccuped. I'd say fifty percent of the time Aww. of her life. Oh, no. I don't think I don't think it's a thing anymore. But it literally was like just out of nowhere. She'd just be like, eh. <laughs> to the point where like we came up with, we decided that there needed to be. Uh, God bless you, but for yeah. her hiccups, yeah. to let her know that, like, we sympathize with her yes. and we want to acknowledge them, but sure. we don't. Yeah. And also around people who, like, didn't understand that she hiccuped all the time, like, and sometimes thought she, it was, like, a little sneeze. We didn't want to look like jerks. So I, what did we come up with? It was something ridiculous. I felt like as a society, we need that for coughs as well. It's odd that we say that for sneezes and nothing else. Well, with sneezes, I feel like the whole thing was you could die while you're sneezing. And so you were saying, God bless you, so that, like, you're trying you would to keep, go to heaven. You're trying to keep the devil from going back up your nose or something. Something like that. Because I just remember um, way back when I used to read the comic uh, Penny Arcade, which is a mm-hmm. um, video game comic. And, like, back in the day when I read it, it was before they, you know made a convention that took the place of E3 and all these things. But there was one, and I literally had it printed out because I thought it was so funny that, like, one of them sneezed and the other one didn't say anything. He's like, you didn't bless me? How dare you? And, like, come on, Jesus, let's go. And then, <laughs> and then Jesus is like, we out. Like, it was – I, I nice. just remember laughing so hard at that. But what did we say? It was – I feel like it was a nut. Maybe we said walnut or walnut. something like that. Mm. I have it written down somewhere, probably. Can you just say in, pecan like, to me? I like pecans a lot better than walnuts. Yeah, sure. Thank pecan. you. Thank you. Pecan and not pecan. If you said pecan, that's the same thing as inviting the devil right on up your nose. <laughs> Lizards. I'm Katie. I'm MM. And we're and, uh, by Coastal Besties, bonding over wine. Mysteries, hiccups, hiccups coffee. Um, it's my my turn today, and I have two amuse bouches. I'm just gonna dive right into. Love them, love them. All of these, by the way, are truly unsolved that I'm covering today. They are all true mysteries. Although one of the amuse bouches is pretty much assumed to be solved, but the generator of the mystery mm. has not confirmed okay. the answer. So, have you heard of the celebrity shower curtain that they cannot identify? One of the people on it. What? Okay, clearly not. The look on your face preceded is, your is what the Is this a creepypasta? It is not a creepypasta. So imagine you're back in 2000 to 2008. What a time to be alive. 
you know, and you have a, a shower curtain that's like um, color block type illustration versions of a whole bunch of celebrities of that era. It's kind of like Andy Warhol, like color block. I mean, a little, I mean, a little bit of it. When I show you the picture of the mystery person, you'll see, but it's, it's like one of those things where it's a high contrast, just illustration where like you kind of see the shadows are filled in and that's it. So kind of Andy Warhol-ish, but not the color for. And this person's like, the person who has this posts on Reddit and goes, who is this? I can identify everyone else. And, like, clearly everyone else on the, the shower curtain's photos are taken from, like, a real photo. And they just put a... a okay. But what level of celebrities are we talking about here? That that may help us identify who this is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Especially 2000, 2008. Like, are we just talking boy banders? Are we talking, like, actual actors? Okay. So here are some other people that are on it. Mm-hmm. Adriana Lima. Okay. Uh, Josh Holloway from Lost. Okay. Jessica Alba. This is a very specific slice of time. Got it. Got it. You know. Uh-huh. No idea who that guy is. Jesus. Ian Summerholder, also okay. from Lost. <laughs> uh Orlando Bloom. Like it. Like oh, it. Oh, here is it. here is a here's a good shot of it. Okay, hold on. Uh so this was posted in the Reddit thread, tip of my tongue, and the person's like, I can figure out the source image and who everyone else on this thing is, except for this one person. Who is this? And no one can find, like, the actual source image or figure out who this person is. And so I just figured I'd bring it up and see if you had an idea. How long is it? Because you know how good I am with names and celebrity Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. This is going to be fantastic. Um, When was this posted on the Reddit thread? Like, how long has this been? Let's see. Five months ago. Oh, relatively recent. I like it. Okay. I'm impressed they still have this shower curtain. (laughs) (laughs) i mean to be fair i keep stuff and i'll just be like this is hilarious i'm a bit of a hoarder so that didn't shock me so much it does seem like it's in pretty good shape too do we even know if it is supposed to be male or female photo no we do it could be different yes she he or they okay so this is the print and people are showing, like, it's Orlando Bloom. Okay. Here's yeah. the source picture. Ian Summer Hall. Here's the source picture. Hot. So this mystery person is this person. Oh. And I'm going to get you a better photo. River Phoenix. That is what people have guessed, but no one can find a picture that is that. And also, that'd be a kind of a weird person would to be a with weird, these models right but i say that because the cheekbones for days uh-huh. on this person so the main guesses that people say mm-hmm. are uh river phoenix or yes. evangel or evangeline lily mm, the hair doesn't look like for doesn't look right to me for evangeline and the, the eyes mm-mm. no so and people are like well is this like a boob this area here no, so that's no just one a shirt is real- pocket i think and the thing is all of these other photos on here are um easy to find mm-hmm. like celebrity photos and then this one is like no one can find a picture of river phoenix that looks like this no one can find a picture of evangeline lily or another popular guest kira knightley that looks like this kira knightley i can see so this person obviously has like i said cheekbones for days mhm and that hair is to me Looks like River Phoenix type hair. The hair, everybody, is slightly higher than shoulder length. And the top half 
is either pulled back or brushed back. So it's kind of a half could up, be, half down style. Yeah, it could be in like a dude like pulled it back into a like could a, be a man kind bun. of a yeah, a cool little man bun situation. Or people have suggested like Kira Knightley circa Pirates of the Caribbean. I was thinking this does look a little Pirates of the Caribbean ish, but it's not it's not a Johnny Depp. Oh, definitely not. These are all younger people. These are yeah. all like Especially in 2000 to 2008. But it has like, that kind of a look. And here's the thing about guessing River Phoenix. Hmm. River Phoenix died in 1993. Yes. Why would River Phoenix be <laughs> on a 2008? No, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. No. But I do see, and like everyone kind of agrees with you, with the cheekbones for days, with oh. the longer hair. Oh, So Dream you're not boat. wrong. Dream boat. Uh, I mean, although the lips are a little... Full. They're a little full. full. Which I think may be why some people are like, oh, mate, this person could be a female. Because I think we tend to associate fuller lips with women. Mm-hmm. But. Other people have guessed. Like, there's a huge list of pe- people that people have guessed. But, like, some of the people that are being guessed, like, mm-hmm. don't make sense in the context. Like, like people Phoenix. are like, or, like, Ali Sheedy. What? No. No. Um, <laughs> Callista Flockhart. Mm-mm. Not no, Mm-mm. you know. Calista Claire Forlani is a decent one, but you know. I'm sorry, who was um, it? Claire Forlani. I don't know. Do I from, know who that is? Uh, Meet Joe Black. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, 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 no. Yeah. Hmm. So that's mystery one. I have no updates. Huh. For <laughs> that's literally the huh. the mystery. No one can tell. And uh, so do we know who made the shower curtain? Can we like reverse engineer this? So Redditors have tried to contact the company that made it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Mm -hmm. we don't discuss our designers. So I think they're just sort of like, hee hee hee. We're not talking about our designers. We're talking about your design. Yeah. Who knows? They're just being, they were very cagey and didn't respond. So the people did reach out to the manufacturer. Um, One suggestion that I did like was, what if this is just the designer? Yeah. And they were like, I'm going to put myself in this. Hee hee hee. But... That is, and lizards will obviously put this. I mean, I, I picked a, a thing that's a visual medium for my first mystery here, but we'll put this mm. on the gram and you can also uh, mm. guess what who you think. But the fact that all the other ones are so exact yeah. um, and very easy to figure out and the fact that it's mostly like models and lost celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so also lizards, if anyone can write in and tell, tell me who the River Phoenix was of... The year between the years 2000 and 2008, I would appreciate it. Okay, thanks. So, mystery number two. This mm-hmm. one is presumably solved, but Mindy Kaling has. You said none of them were. Okay, hold on. I can't. Mindy Kaling, it's her story, and she has not confirmed that any of the guesses are correct. So, okay. it's not solved. Okay, okay, okay. But you, then yeah. you said presumably. But, like, all the guesses are just like, that makes sense. <laughs> so okay. was, we're gonna see we're gonna see if you you can suss it out the way okay. other people did so mindy kaling wrote an essay called big shot mm-hmm. and in it in 2016 she spent the holidays in with her family in hawaii and while having christmas dinner at a place in waikiki uh, her waiter told her that another celebrity was having dinner in the same restaurant and she gives him the, the pseudonym max davis and she describes him as such Max Davis is middle-aged. 
hugely popular A-list actor who's usually snubbed at award shows, but has amassed an enormous fortune churning out movies that literally every American pretends to hate, but secretly loves. Um, I loved that about him. Loving Max Davis means that I wasn't a snob. Of course, I love my actors' actors, but it's not like our Hawaii Christmas dinner was going to get lit up by Paul Giamatti. So, that is her story. Okay. So, she loves this dude. She says, she tells her waiter, hey, I want to pay for his dinner. Uh, he doesn't need it to get his dinner paid for. Jesus. Waiter says, hey, he's with his family. It's a very large group. And she goes, no, no, I'm going to do it. Bill is $1,800. <laughs> Max Davis leaves the restaurant mm -hmm. without saying thank you Whoa. or acknowledging that the dinner had been paid for. Because he's so used to having things comp for him, even though he's fabulously wealthy, I'm imagining. Who knows? Who knows? So next Christmas in 2017, she goes to Conan O'Brien's Christmas party. Mm -hmm. Must be nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's, a little, she's a little drunk. Nice. And she hears Max Davis in the room. Mm -hmm. So she's there talking to rashida jones and ezra koenig and i'm like again must be nice to just be chatting with yeah rashida jones. Uh, jones and ezra koenig yeah um about how she paid for his dinner the year before and he never said anything conan because remember this is his party hears this and he goes Ooh. gets very serious and he gets like he's friends with max davis and he says max not thinking you doesn't sound like him that's bullshit i'm gonna go talk to him it's bullshit and that she he so does he think Max Davis is out of line, or he thinks yes, that... Yes, 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 yes. No, Mindy Kaling is not. Okay. Lying. He goes to talk to Max about it, and Mindy's like, deuces, I'm mortified. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, 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 same. So, then she gets an email from Max oh, Davis. God. Hey, Mindy, I always wanted to thank you for that meal, and for some dumb reason, I never got to it. Truly sorry for that. Thought it was awesome of you, and at the time, I was really blown away. Sorry you thought I was a dick. It would appear that way, but it was just a, ha a case of having a lot of stuff going on and being forgetful. Hopefully I can thank you in person next time and thank you again for being so nice to my family. Okay. So that's the story. Okay, but he was shamed into it, so like it doesn't really count. <laughs> sure. Um, but based on this, mm -hmm. who do you think it is? Okay, so she said, did she say he's an actor or a producer? Actor actor who is an a-list celebrity yep middle-aged yep turns out a gajillion movies that people think are crap people but think are love awful them. but everybody actually likes them i mean i based on who who the guest is mm -hmm. i disagree with that but sure you disagree with with people that actually everyone likes them? these movies oh god and also is snubbed at awards snubbed at awards. So this is either someone who keeps getting nominated and doesn't get an award or just doesn't even get nominated. Doesn't even get nominated. Snubbed. Completely snubbed. God, you know this is not my strong suit. I am struggling here. Let me see. I think there's one or two more little details here. It's other things she has mentioned about him. She, her mm -hmm. dad, and her stepmom all like this person. So there's a, a wide generational yeah. appeal to this person. Uh -huh. She grew up watching this person. And oh. she was born in 1979. Yeah, so she's she's older. I mean, he this person is older than her. Is yeah, it, she says he's middle aged. So Bruce, is Bruce Willis count as middle aged? She grew up watching his movies. But Bruce Willis isn't typically snubbed at awards, right? Bruce Willis isn't getting 
uh, Emmy, like what did, Oscar what is he, buzz. I was gonna say, like, what has he won for an award? Like, like he hasn't. Has he won an award? I, no, um, no, he's he's not a quality person that would be getting Oscars. Is the point with Bruce Willis? He knows his place. He knows his role. His role is diehard. <laughs> I am struggling so hard. I see. Before you said it was an actor, I was gonna say it was Michael Bay. So it's gonna be like. <laughs> No one admits to liking those movies. But so do you want to know? Do you want to know the the guess that everyone's just like, oh, that's what it is? Yeah, Adam Sandler. Oh, because he's in things like Uncut Gems and never gets nominated, even though everyone's like, oh my god, he was so amazing. He does have lots when of he was gem. in like he does have lots of and uh, not lots of kids. Like he has kids and extended family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. Conan. He's Conan O'Brien's neighbor. Oh, see, I was. Okay, when I was first thinking Big Families, I was going to guess somebody like Matt Damon or Mark Wahlberg. Right, because she probably grew up watching Billy Madison, yeah. Happy Gilmore. The good ones. The, the good ones, ones that we all like. That does make sense. That does. And the churning out of like the, you know, the, the grown-ups yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, those yeah, movies yeah. were like, and all the shitty movies that he does with okay, uh, yeah. Rob that Schneider does, and them. That does make sense. But also. So that's the guess, but she has not con- confirmed nor did And also, Adam Sandler, couldn't you just like take two seconds to say thank you? You don't need your dinner paid for, but like she did. So she wanted to thank him for all that. I mean, I say shampoo is better. I go on first and clean the hair <laughs> regularly. And I say, well, this milk could be our milk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no milk. If I could buy Adam Sandler a drink, no milk I will might. ever be our milk, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Madison is by far the greatest, by the way, of all of them. We are all collectively dumber Dumber. by having... (laughs) No, that's not true in this situation at all. Oh, that is interesting. I didn't know that they were neighbors. Huh. Me either. I found that out from the discussion. Also... But it's also established that Conan O'Brien and Adam Sandler are friends. Okay. So those are my two amuse-bouches. Wow. They were good. Good job. Fun little contemporary things. And my next one is the Circleville... Letters. Now, Yay. this one you've heard of. Yes. 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 How, uh, do you know lots of details or just some details or? I've heard a couple of different podcasts cover the case. The details okay. always do get a little, just because there's a lot there, the details okay. kind of get a little fuzzy. I know the general story and I know that yep. it is still unsolved. Which it is, is why unsolved. it is just like what the actual hell. Um, I don't know what I something. I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but one of the things I particularly don't know that I'm interested in is the dates of the last letters. Like, how long has it been? Okay, we'll get there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, in, yeah, that's in my in my details. Woo-hoo. So I was looking at this because I was doing some internet. I was surfing the web, the web. Uh, looking season? for just some ideas of what I would want to cover, um, trying to cover things that I had just not heard before so that I was learning something. Um, and I would like to point out that you haven't hiccuped in a minute. I don't know if that brings them back. Or I think it was just better. thinking about Adam Sandler. And like how <laughs> <laughs> I think laughter is what got me over the hiccups. Thank there you. There we go. There Thank we you. go. For those who don't know, the Circleville Letters, uh, this takes place in Circleville, Ohio. And over... A spans of starting in the summer of 1976 up through 1993, letters, anonymous letters are sent 
to various people um, in this town. They're all, they all are super creepy looking. They're all handwritten. They're all super creepy block letter looking. And they're about like secrets of people in the town. Um, A lot of it is about like political corruption. Sometimes arsenic is in the, in the uh, envelope, but really that when all of my like little Mm -hmm. look arounds, all of them focus on the main storyline of the Circleville letters and not the fact that hundreds of others were sent around to other people. They all sort of focus on the main characters. So I kind of want to know like who the like random Joe yeah. Blow is that goes like, what the fuck? Well, there's that, but then there's there's also the, I feel like we'll discuss this more once you get into it, but just with the volume of letters at some point, right? When this is news, people are like, you know who I've always wanted to tell off? Joe so-and-so, I'm going to pretend I'm writing Joe so-and-so a letter. So that is one of the the things that people suggest when we get into um, kind of our main suspect and how people say it's not possible for him to have been mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, people say that, well, at some point there's probably copycats. But yeah. when you have copycats, it's weird that they still, like, none of them made a mistake. And like, True. oops, yeah. my hair's in there. Oops, my thumbprint's on there or whatever. So. Oops. I swore. My, oops. Oops, I left my, my DNA everywhere. Oh, no. Merp. My main sources for this were, so in August of this year, 48 Hours did a little piece on this. God, I love 48 Um, Hours. Typically, I do too. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This was done mostly remotely. She's talking to a lot of people on the screen. She's yelling, like, most of the time. Like, not in, like, an angry way, but just, like, talking so Like, kind of like a... No shade on my mom, but how like my mom talks a little bit louder depending on how far away the person is that she's physically yes. calling. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she speaks louder into the phone when sure. she's talking to her brother in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Sure. But just like, what did you think about this? And I was just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, lady. Um, they also have a little, uh, uh, like a few different, a few details different from the other sources that I have. So I don't know. I mean. I kind of assume that 48 Hours, like, has a research team and, like, checked everything. But I will be noting things where I'm like, I did not see this anywhere else but on 48 Hours. Um, And then I have a couple articles from Thought Catalog, Thought Catalog Sources, uh, and then a Mental Floss article. So those are kind of the general folks that I Love Mental Floss. So good. So, Sorokaville, Ohio. In 48 Hours, whoever they're talking to to describe it describes it as an all-American town meaning white people. Um, so it's about mm-hmm. 14,000 people. It's about 30, 25, 30 14, miles. 14,000 white people. You know, uh, 25, 30 miles south of Columbus, Ohio. Their main attraction is the annual pumpkin show to the point that okay. their water tower is a pumpkin. <gasps> okay, I do kind of want to go there just to say that. That'd be your own too. One of the B-roll things. (laughs) Hey, oh. One of the B-roll things they show is a carnival. I don't know if this is a carnival actually in Circleville or if it was just like a carnival, but it was one of those carnivals with like death trap rides where you're just like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone's going to die on Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. one of those. (laughs) I'm in danger. Anyway, one of the main people that 48 Hours interviews is podcast host Marie Mayhew. She hosts the podcast Whatever Remains. Ooh. I went and I looked. They have about like 15 episodes. I haven't listened to it. I did not listen to her podcast series. She did several episodes on Circleville. Did not listen to it. Um, not on like, how dare this woman also cover what I would like to cover. Um, yes. But what was that? 
I'm just kidding. I did the bulk of my I did the bulk of my research yesterday. I just didn't have the time. And also, no shade on this woman, but she does sound like she's doing uh Sarah Koenig uh, uh impersonation. Mm. <laughs> and I just can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh anyway, so she says a lot of things. They interviewed two investigative reporters who at one point, this one guy, Yoakum, he is just sort of following the story. He's not reporting on it. He's not doing anything. He's just a fan. Um, but Yoakum? another one, uh, Yoakum, his name's like, I think, Dwayne Yoakum? Are you sure it's not Dwight um, Yoakum, the famous country singer? I don't think it's Dwight Yoakum. But his brother Mostly Dwayne. Because there's, yeah, you know, there's a Yoakum and there's a Yoakum and a Yant. And I didn't put down oh, their first no. names in my notes. Okay. So... Yoakum and Yet, but Yet, Yet's doing an actual, like, story on it. But at this point, they're like, Yoakum was just following along. Like, he wasn't actually in the newsroom for this. And I was like, that's that's <laughs> hilarious. I'm just a fan, just following along. Okay, so, overarching theme here is that this, a mysterious anonymous person who, to this day, we do not know who, this has never been solved, sent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters all around Circleville, Again, tell, telling secrets. There was lots of different things that this person targeted, which I find very interesting that they really don't focus on the fact that he was telling other stuff. They, But everyone's focused on this main story because yeah. this main story seems to be the target, main target of the letter writer's ire. Before you get into this main story, like, number one, yeah, who has the fucking time? No one. Number two, did they have stamps.com? Like, how did they... Were they constant? Just keep an eye out at the post office. Who's buying way too many fucking stamps? <laughs> at one point, they definitely say that they were trying to work with USPS to figure it out. And it's just like, they're all postmarked from Columbus. I mean, this is what the OIG is for, Office of Inspector General. Um, this is what they do. And it's just like, it seems like it would be really easy. Like, who's dropping off 500 <laughs> handwritten? Because they're not like printed, anonymous looking envelopes right. they are definitely handwritten this looks like a, a ransom note envelope anyway whatever um i have a lot of questions probably some of this is because this starts in the 70s and they oh. i just have to say i think we would solve a lot of crimes we just time crimes we're just you know we're gonna solve it up here and we'll go back and get the evidence and then use modern technology lots of time travel we did lots watch of, star uh, trek um is it five that we, we watched with the girls with the whales um, from the 80s where they have to, they're in the 20, they're in like regular Star Trek time. And then Kirk and the crew have to go back in time to get some humpback whales to save the earth. So they go back to the 80s and they're in the Pacific Northwest and they do this whole thing. The kids keep <laughs> kept asking like, but how are they time traveling? Well, their whole thing is they just, you just got to do a slingshot around the sun. So they show the sun right and then they they go counterclockwise around it whoosh and then oh it's 1986 and then when they have to get back take the whales back to the 23rd century what do you know all of a sudden all you got to do is go clockwise right back around that sun and then there you go you're welcome so so now we have the the template for how we need to time travel to solve these crimes just saying. The Superman theory, he just needs to go real fast around the Earth to make around- it spin backwards. Yes. That's how time works. That, so, was yeah. the, that was the other one that Superhusband was discussing with them. The only other one that we've seen is when Superman spins the Earth the other way. Is is this how ta- scientists agree time travel works? <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> if I, lizards, if I keep that in, is a person we mutually know that actually asked that question once. Anyway! Oh. Uh, anyway, so... 
summer 1976 is when the everything starts appear like the letters mm. start appearing and the main target of the letter writer's ire is a woman named mary gillespie we also on 48 hours they interview a couple of townsfolk who have like Tony's. called them that yeah. because they grew up there like uh-huh. they've spent their whole life there like they know everything from around that time sure. they know mary um, that's so, for damn sure so there's june and janet their sisters there's a, a woman named pam who is not the main pam. suspect's actual niece but she calls him uncle paul okay. that so we got we got some smatterings in there so mary gillespie she is a school bus driver she is a looker she's gorgeous when you think school bus driver you sort of think simpsons you sort of think you know you don't think a woman who is a winner of pageants but that is this mary mary is married Mm -hmm. to ron her high school sweetheart so mary and ron gillespie they have two kids one of whom um is also a target of some of these letters Aww. uh trace tracy who uh when this starts is about 12 oh so, so mary gets some of these letters and basically they're saying end your affair oh. with the school superintendent gordon Ooh. massey gordon your daughter will pay for what you've done Ooh. i will come out there and put a bullet in that little girl's head what what uh so that's the type of stuff mary is getting did she immediately turn this over to the police no what um so ron also gets letters shut up mr gillespie your wife is seeing gordon massey you should catch them together and kill them both what um also they're both threatened that they need to do something they need to expose gordon massey to the school board they need to report this and make it public and confess or else and that's when the threats to tracy come in so they kind of keep this quiet rather yeah someone is threatening to kill your daughter good lord i think it's more the embarrassment issue uh mary swears she was not having an affair but i think they were just like what do you even do it maybe they were like we don't know what to do even even more of a reason to come out and be public with it jesus Maybe their thought is if they come out and be public, he'll come and kill Tracy. Who knows? I don't know their thing. Oh, so I'm judging two harshly. Weeks, two weeks harshly. go by. Two weeks. Two week. Two weeks go by, and two weeks later, they get uh, Ron gets Gillespie. You have had two weeks and done nothing. Make Mary admit the truth and inform the school board. If, and then, if you refuse, I will broadcast it on CB radios, posters, signs, billboards until the truth comes. CB out. radios. Is, so, so is this person a trucker? I don't know. Mary's uh, first suggestion is a man named David Longberry, who was another bus driver who hit on her once and she rejected him. You figure buses might also have the CB radio. So maybe. Oh, I'm just thinking like, okay, so he, maybe this guy feels rejected, but like, quote unquote, exposing the superintendent to the school board, like who who gains? And her, and and Mary. Yeah, but it's just like who gains from like, I want that bus route. I mean, men aren't typically the most rational when they're doing revenge <laughs> shit. So that's the quote for this week's episode. Men aren't the most <laughs> rational when doing revenge shit. I mean, there are people who like, uh, you know, girls who have said no to boys who ask them to prom yes. and then get stabbed. Yes. So, you know, the, yes. the logic is not a huge part of this. Uh, so again, March 1970. So Mary suggests that it's David. So the only people they really tell 
are Paul and Karen Freshour. Uh, Karen is Ron's sister. So Paul is brother-in-law. Okay. And because they are believing Mary and they're like, it's this guy, David. Paul writes a letter to David to basically tell them, like, we know, please stop. Cut the shit. And the letters stop for a little while. But then signs start popping up (gasps) all over town saying things like Massey uh, either the way that they phrased it varied in different sources Mm -hmm. either. It basically the signs are saying that Gordon Massey is having sex with their daughter. Um, Some sources say that it was they said that he was raping her child. Some. Yeah. So um, Ron would get up super early and drive around town and take them all down so that Tracy wouldn't see them on the way to school. So all of these signs are all over the place. So at this point, 48 Hours says the Gillespies do go to the sheriff, Dwight Radcliffe. um, But I didn't see this anywhere else. Um, They said that phones were tapped because this wasn't just letters. Sometimes people would get calls. They try, and this is also where they were apparently trying to figure out where things were coming from with USPS, but to no avail. So that's March. August 1977, Mary's out of town. Uh, she has gone to Florida for reasons. Um, <laughs> and they don't specify. Ron gets a late night call. It makes him very, very angry. He says he recognizes the voice, but very much like any sort of uh, crime drama, mm-hmm. he doesn't go, I recognize the voice. It's this person. He goes, I recognize the voice. I'm going to go get him, you know, oh. and just leaves without saying who... So he was he at home with Tracy while Mary yeah. was in Florida. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he leaves Tracy. So, yes. And their other kid um, oh. and goes, I'm going to go get this guy. Fuck this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, he, and so he apparently was just got super angry. So whatever the guy was saying, he was like, I'm ending this. He grabs his gun, a little revolver and gets in his truck, drives off, loses control of the truck, hits a tree and dies. Oh. The investigation shows that he did fire his gun one time. There's no like at who? Who did he shoot right. at? Yeah. It, he didn't shoot himself. Right. Um so people are like this was this a murder and this is like the cover up, right? Ooh. Who knows? Like did someone run him off the road? Right. Um the official report says that it was drunk driving um and that his blood alcohol level was 0.16. Uh however, wow. All of his friends and family are saying he rarely drank and was not drinking that day. So that's weird. That is weird. The sheriff goes, there was one person of interest who's never named and that they passed a polygraph. So they're not a person of interest anymore. One article says, presumably this is David Longberry, the other bus driver. But I think that's based on nothing. (laughs) Like I saw that literally nowhere else. So interesting. after this, so after Ron's death, more letters are sent saying that the sheriff is covering up his death and that Mary and Gordon are responsible. Like this was like getting the husband out of the way. At this point also, Paul and Karen are get having an, a, getting divorced okay. and it is extremely, extremely contentious. Mm-hmm. At this point also, Mary does admit to Karen that yes, she was having an affair with oh. Gordon Massey. Um, but she swears it started after the letters nope so at the beginning nope. sorry it Mary. wasn't happening so nope. i'm so sorry i'm so sorry this is not to speak ill of this woman or anything like that or say that no one ever deserves what all of this no. however why would you be like 
Well, I wasn't having an affair before, but now I'm intrigued by all yeah, the by all letters. the <laughs> by all the murder and threats. Hey, oh, no, hey. no, sorry, no, 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 no. This sounds like I feel. I feel like this is a tale as old as time. I think you're having an affair. I'm not, but because you accused me of it, now I'm just going to go out and make it happen. Like, no, sorry. <laughs> no, that's not uh-huh. how that works. That was 1977. Cut to 1983. Damn. Everything has co- continued on this whole time. This person, Six again, is sending later. letters. This person continues to send letters all over town. Again, not just to Mary and her family, but to elected officials, to news stations, to just all over, either about this or Mm -hmm. just about other corruption. Again, sometimes they had arsenic in them. Like, it was just this constant thing. Lady Whistledown. Basically, but way less sexy. Less sexy, more murderous. And the whole thing with with anthrax. Like, no, thank you. Thank you. Lady Whistledown direct to you. (laughs) So, uh, the letter writer in February of 1983, has put, again, signs all along Mary's bus route. Um, Again, more about Gordon and Tracy. Um, Mary goes to tear one down. Mm -hmm. Like, she's she's has no one on her bus. She's driving to the school to go pick kids up and then take them home. It's like three in the afternoon. She goes to tear one of these signs down. And it's like, she sees some string attached to a box. Uh -uh. She's like, Huh? Elmer Fudd's trying she to op- catch a rabbit. Don't do it. She figure she opens it without setting it off, and it is booby trapped to be if she takes the sign, a gun will shoot her. God damn so it's it! Like got this little booby trap on this specific sign. Not all the signs. Mm-hmm. This specific one that she went to tear down. I only bring that up because what's the like? What are the odds? And again, I'm not saying that she did anything or that she is a suspect, but I'm just saying like. Well, I guess what are the odds? But this person was really trying to get her, right? Or I would not her husband because he's not around anymore. But if he put it out in the middle of the day, like if he knew that the mo was to take them down in the morning, like and then he comes and puts he they this person this individual comes and puts it out in the middle of the day, knowing she's going to drive the route to go back to the school and she's going to see it. I mean, this person has had six years of practice at this point. So, like, maybe right. if if the first five years and three quarters didn't do it, like, maybe this was the next logical progression for them. Not that it's logical, mm-hmm. but, you know. She takes the gun to the police. It is registered to Paul Freshour, her former brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, the police have Paul do a handwriting test. But it's not like a standard, like, here, just here's just me writing. It's they had him mimic one of the letters. As in, not just, like, write these words, but can you write these words as close as possible to kind how of they like, look on this Yeah. Page. And I was just like, no. that this sounds seem, real dumb. That doesn't like a real seem test. like that's going to be actual good evidence. This is what it doesn't seem like to me. And this test is a match for, again, this just to give a sense of just how many, the sheer amount of letters this person sends. The test they had him do matched 391 of the letters and 103 of the postcards that had been sent to the Gillespie's and other residents of the town. And postcards. Wish you were here. And then Karen says to the police that she actually thinks Paul is the writer. Because one, it's his gun. And two, which... I would think would be quite stupid that you're going to set a booby trap and be like, here's this gun that's registered mm-hmm, to me, mm-hmm, but whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to be biased here, but mm-hmm. I think that's weird. Mm-hmm. And like the handwriting test is also weird. Um, so Karen says that she discovered letters in their house. So saying that like maybe like drafts or ones that he hadn't sent yet. Did she give these letters to the police? Of course not. No, no, she did not. She just said there was just some letters. Whoa, wait, did she also happen to find those letters around the time that somebody broke into their house and stole his gun that they also didn't report to the police? Perhaps. <laughs> but also, they have been going through an awful divorce, so, like, she doesn't seem like a super reliable witness. Right. Well, I think she found them, she's saying she found them, like, back before she had moved out. No, when no, she, no, yeah. When they got divorced, and, th- and maybe the argument there is then she just destroyed them because she, he's her husband. She was He was her husband at that point. Who knows? Um, but at this point, she lives in a trailer on Mary's property. So, I'm, I'm just saying it, if I'm the police and I know these individuals went through a really acrimonious divorce and then all of a oh, sudden yeah. she's like, guess what? He is the killer. Be like, meh, meh, meh. Nah. Um, Paul is super cooperative with everything they want to do. I mean, he does do the weird ass oh, test, which I think Paul too cooperative. Our uh, our podcast host says that she did he did not lawyer up at any point. Which Paul, you always gotta lawyer up, buddy. So her th- she's saying like he thinks he has nothing to hide, mm. and yet he does mm. fail a polygraph, and so they're like. We got him. I mean, we do live in a garbage country, Paul, so you need to get the lawyer anytime the police are coming by. Sorry. So at this point, uh, one of my sources says, in total, over 1,000 letters had been sent across Southern oh Ohio, many of them complaining about political corruption, and some did contain Okay, personnel. can you just go and look for who has the largest writing callus in town? I mean, right? <laughs> Who's right handwriting all of these letters? Just the amount of time it would take. It's like he'd have to be like, I'm going to go fishing right. and then go to a little cabin and just be writing. Okay, time. suspect, our prime suspect, if we are building the profile for the FBI, mm-hmm. someone who spends a lot of time buying supplies at stationery stores, someone <laughs> who buys a fuckload of stamps, that's all it's I me. got. <laughs> I don't buy a fuckload of stamps, but I do love a good stationery I mean, store. Anyway, so... Uh, so he's released on bond at one point and he does check into a mental health center Aww. in order to be examined. And he's just like, I didn't, it's not me. It's not me. Aww, so his trial me. is in, right. And Pam, his niece, that's not really his niece, mm-hmm. but calls him uncle Paul is saying like, this is not him, you know? Uh, so his trial's in October. He is not charged with writing the letters. The trial is about the attempted murder of Mary via booby trap. That is the trial. Via booby trap. Via booby trap. Via revolver. If I was going to start a live journal, that would be (laughs) death via booby trap. (laughs) A screen name via booby trap. Even though the trial is not about the letters, the judge does allow the thirty-nine of them into evidence, and truly, this sways the case. His defense is saying. This isn't about the letters. Mm-hmm. The letters, while some of the letters are, like, do read as threatening, like, I will come get you. Yeah, I'm going to shoot like, your daughter in the head, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that was the excuse why the judge inevitably did, like, proof of, like, this is going to lead to the gun shooting. But none of them are saying 
anything about a booby trap, anything about like watch your step, whatever. There is definitely no real evidence that he had anything to do with the booby trap, but there's lots of circumstantial evidence. So he worked as a manager at an Anheuser-Busch plant and a coworker of his at Anheuser-Busch says that he sold Paul that gun for $35. Paul's like, yeah, no, I bought it, but it's been missing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Paul also took the day off on the day that Mary happened upon the booby trap back in February. But he was having work done on his house, and several people do testify to seeing there most of the day. And he was also not seen any time anywhere near the booby trap intersection, which there was a El Camino spotted there and a man with a general description that does not match Paul, but they never really followed up on El Camino Man. Because why? We have Paul. Why would you follow up on El Camino Man? Exactly. Despite the fact that that's the evidence, I've summarized the case for you. Mm -hmm. He does get sentenced for the attempted murder of Mary and gets sentenced for the maximum, which is a wide range of 7 to 25 years. That is quite a range. He does end up getting out on parole after about 10. So just to put that in perspective. So the letters, though, continue to be sent while Paul is in jail, including while he is in solitary confinement and has absolutely no access to sending or writing or doing anything with any... You're just sitting in a room. He has nothing. He's not writing. I would think that even if he wasn't in solitary, like, you would know if he were sending them from prison. The... Uh, Yant and Yoakum are both saying things like they search everything that he sends like they you know anytime anyone visits him they're monitoring him like how would he be doing this Uh, the prison warden is like no there's absolutely no way he could be doing this the sheriff is like I don't know how he's doing it but he's doing it Um, (laughs) fuck if I know anyone who writes about this case like Yant and Yoakum at this point they have both written stories about this Mm -hmm. case they get letters from the letter writer. Oh. Paul himself gets a letter like he, from the letter he, writer. He's a clever woman. He sends himself a letter just to cover it up. The letter that Paul receives in jail. Now, when are you going to believe that you aren't going to get out of there? I told you two years ago. When we set them up, they stay set up. Don't oh. you listen at all. Oh. Is he still in jail? No, he got out after 10 years. Yeah. So he's not still in jail. Well, when was 10 years from the trial? I guess that's what I don't know. When was the trial? Uh, trial was in 83. He got out in 93. Oh, the trial was in 83 too? Oh, that was fast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the uh, booby trap was February. The trial uh-huh. was October. Oh, wow. Huh. huh. So, so he still got them when he was in prison. Other people got them when he was in prison. He gets out yep. of prison in 93. And then all of a sudden it's and like, shh. They stop. No more letters. Um, interesting. So Paul's theory, and he mm-hmm. apparently said this, had his lawyer bring this up as like part of his closing argument of like who stands to mm-hmm. profit by Paul going down is that he's being set up by Karen, his ex-wife. Karen has, you know, is living in a trailer on Mary's property, okay. doesn't have custody of their kids. If Paul goes away, she gets, she gets, she'll move into the house and have custody of the kids again because Paul's away. So but the, that did not sway the jury. And like, and both the journalists are like, based off of the actual evidence given, 
we really don't get how he got convicted because again it is all circumstantial and Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. like that but he was convicted so he went away and he went away for 10 years so is was paul's theory that karen was the writer the entire time or just that she tried to pin it on him because of the divorce Yes, the the second one. So his theory is that, and I think his theory very much revolves around the booby trap because that's why he was in jail. So her <laughs> thought trap. is, so his thought is uh, that she had their son steal the gun. Oh. And because apparently she very much made the kids, they had two daughters and a son, and she made the kids choose sides. They couldn't oh, be like, that's up. in the divorce, sure. they had to pick mm-hmm. the son decides to go with the mom and so uh what paul is saying is like you know probably have mark steal the gun Mm -hmm. and then pam the niece not niece is saying like if paul thought that there's absolutely no way he would ever bring that up because he would never want to get mark in trouble so he's not going to say like don't send me to jail Mm -hmm. my son stole the gun and did xyz so like if there was any evidence to that fact paul would not volunteer it but now that he's like this is you know as he gets out and as he's still like maintaining his innocence and all of these things he's saying like this this would probably be the way that it happened yant the one of the investigative journalists follows up on a witness statement Mm -hmm. again this is the el camino man that they never followed up on so he so it was another bus driver who was driving the same sort of route to get to the school because it's afternoon pickup time and uh, the, this other bus driver sees an, a man by an El Camino on that intersection. The description does not match Paul. Mm-hmm. It's like large dude, sandy hair. Paul's a smaller dude, dark hair, like absolutely doesn't ma- match at all. Um, but you know who it does match hmm. is a man that Karen is dating at the time. Oh. And Karen's brother also supposedly has an El Camino. Ooh. Our podcaster, uh, Marie Mayhew, is like, this is also all circumstantial. And, you know, she's a very convenient villain to have it be the wife. Um, You know, would it be that she got her brother's car and her boyfriend to, like, do all this? Podcaster doesn't believe it. But Hmm. that is, that Hmm. was the follow-up on El Camino, man. Interesting. That's 83. Cut to 93. Mm -hmm. That's when Paul gets out of jail. Sure. And that's also when the letters about them tend to stop. The last known Circleville letter was actually sent to Unsolved Mysteries. (gasps) Yay. Unsolved Mysteries decided they were going to do an episode. Is it like Dear Robert Stack, Robbie Stack, (laughs) what's up? So they send a little postcard to, like, they haven't gone out to Circleville yet to strict filming or Mm -hmm. anything, but they send a little postcard that says, forget Circleville, Ohio, do nothing to hurt Sheriff Radcliffe. Oh. If you come to, if you come to Ohio, you El Sickos will pay. El Sickos, huh? El Sickos. Wow. that is the last known Circleville. Wow. So, Unsolved Mysteries is like, lol, we're going to go out there anyway. And nothing <laughs> happened. So Karen was apparently very unhappy about Unsolved Mysteries being in town. 
and that she and she got pissed that people were she knew were participating she would call them and tell them so like pam she called oh. pam and told pam like she would drive to the set and watch people leaving from doing interviews oh. and like write down karen's who got was some time on her hands karen's got some time more about so more about uh, the theory of Mark the son mm-hmm. stealing the gun. 1994, Yant is investigating. Karen made everyone pick sides in the divorce. Said Mark picks the mother. Never once visits Paul in prison. Um, Paul believes that he stole the gun, and that way that would be, be he would have access to it. It'd be Karen would know that Paul wouldn't mm-hmm. snitch on him if he suspected Mark to do that. Mm-hmm. And so apparently, Pam says. <laughs> That this whole war between Paul and Karen really destroyed Mark. Mark ends up killing himself in 2002. Oh, that's sad. Uh, Paul also, at this point, writes to the FBI and is like, hey, look into this case. Like, one, the letter writer, but two, like, mm-hmm. I have all of this evidence against my ex-wife and da-da-da. And the FBI is like, nah. left him on red. <laughs> like, they didn't even respond to him. Great. But now according to 48 hours uh, so they had a a former star profiler so no longer you know fbi retired mm-hmm. look at the letters her name is mary ellen o'toole um she worked at the fbi on, on the cases for the green river killer and the unabomber okay um and had her she looked at 98 of the letters so a small fraction mm-hmm. and she thinks it's one person someone who's not highly educated because there's tons and tons of typos and bad sentence structure and like you know things like el sicko's and at this point, 48 Hours does uh, stick in there that Paul has an MBA. Mm, of course Paul does. Not not that having a master's means anything about people's ability to spell or write. Truth. Mary Ellen O'Toole says that the writer's having a good time doing this. They're having a blast writing these letters. Uh, they have a good time hurting people. Ooh. They know the difference between right and wrong and just don't care. Based off of her profiling of the letters and her understanding of the case she says she can't rule paul out but she doesn't think that the careful letter writer would risk exposure by setting this easily tracked booby trap such as an easily tracked gun that kind of thing so her thought is that someone perhaps karen perhaps perhaps maybe took advantage of this situation Mm -hmm. you know the letter writer might might be targeting mary and and doing all these things and so here's my chance to like set up paul and use the letters as sort of a backdrop for it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. possible on the flip side 48 hours also has a forensic document expert named beverly ease uh, look at paul's known writing not his faux test but Mm -hmm. like his actual like letters and things that he had wrote as himself so she wrote looks at 48 of those no she looks at his known writing and then 48 of the circleville letters mm-hmm. and she finds enough similarities for her to be according oh. to her 100 convinced 100 that paul is a letter writer 100 she mm-hmm. has like this little zinger she's just like i'm not wrong like you can't be wrong because if someone's life is behind this, you can't just say, well, it's kind of close. So she's like, but based off of the things that I am noticing, because she, she was given, she apparently had no clues about this entire thing. She'd yeah. never heard of the case huh. before. And she was like, I don't want to know. All I, she's like, it's the science. And I'm like, eh, handwriting analysis, mm. okay. But she's just like, so she, all she knew, all she had was Paul's letters, mystery letters, and that's all she had. That's she had no details of the case. And decides that, yes, 100%. Investigators did find Paul's fingerprints on 12 
of the letters that were postmarked while he was in prison. What? I don't know how that's possible at all, especially, again, like, when he, some of these letters he could, like, he was in solitary. Yeah. What? So, that's weird. How did that happen? And why is it only on a few? Yeah. That's basically where it lies. Paul died in 2012. He was about, I think he was 70. Mm -hmm. And you you have people like Pam, uh, who are still maintaining his innocence. Apparently, the the town of Circoville just always thought it was him. And when he got out of prison, it was like like an albatross around his neck for the rest of his life. And he was trying to prove his innocence the whole time. That's the mystery. It was never really solved. Uh, mm. Some of the other accusations I found mm-hmm. that the Circleville letter writer made and that ended up being true. Roger Klein was the prosecutor who prosecuted Paul. Mm-hmm. And he was accused of killing a pregnant school teacher Woo! and threatened. And the letter threatened to dig up her grave and mail the bones to the police unless Klein came clean. What? And this ended up being half true <gasps> because he did actually have it. He didn't kill this woman, but he did have an affair with a school teacher who was pregnant when she died. Oh, I could not find out how she died. Damn. I don't know if it was accident, murder. And um, so he was investigated and cleared. But Damn. the letter writer did know that. Huh. Um, another one, uh, Dr. Ray Carroll, who was the coroner who performed Ron's, Mary's mm-hmm. husband way back when from the beginning, Ron's autopsy, was accused of being a pedophile. And in 1993, was charged with 12 counts of gross immorality, sex crimes, corruption of a minor, pornography, obscenity, and indecent exposure. Oh. What? That's one big question is, how does the letter writer know this? Is it, it's just a small town and everyone's business is business? Is it, you know, a group of people? Mary Ellen O'Toole thinks it is one person. Oh. And one of her reasons being two people can't keep a secret unless right. one of them's dead. So, like, it makes sense that it's gone unsolved this whole Dang. time because only one person was holding the secret. One other item of note, I don't think this ever was targeted in a letter, but David Longberry, our original sure. person, the other bus driver that hit on Mary once and uh-huh. she thought was the person. He did rape an 11-year-old in 1999 oh. and then went on the run. Oh, so he's not a good dude. He right. wasn't just a rejected dude who got accused. Huh. So one article I read showed that he died by suicide, but I honestly couldn't find proof of that anywhere. I mean, so. I wouldn't be sad about it if he did. I couldn't even I couldn't even find an obituary, but I to be honest, didn't try that hard. So if let's just say, hypothetically, okay. if we're saying, yeah, Paul wrote the letters the whole time. Let's say it was him. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, <laughs> why? But like, where is he getting his information? But but like, why would he? I mean, it's one thing if that's your brother's wife and this is your brother, and you're like, okay, if you really thought that the wife was having an affair and like hurting the brother, but that's not even that's his wife's brother, right? Mary's husband yeah. was Karen's brother, right? That's just seems kind of like that's bit of a stretch to me to be that incensed but also all of the other letters too right all of the other letters but then also like threatening then to kill your niece because of this like that's just like or was that just like hyperbole to make them listen because otherwise they'd be like this is a crazy person but if they're threatening your kid you're going to take it a little bit more seriously 
I don't know. But even so, that that also means that you're putting that kind of heinous shit out yeah. in, like, those signs out in the neighborhood yeah. for people, for your own family, right? Like, I, I'm trying to imagine, like, one of my aunts and uncles putting that shit out about, like, some like any of their nieces yeah. or nephews. Yeah. Like, although my family is pretty low drama, particularly compared to <laughs> Exhibit A here. <laughs> But yeah, and so it's, it's, did he write, pre-write a whole bunch and had them like set right. to like, go, like, I don't know how you would even do that Well, in the, that day yeah, and age. And then Paul, okay, so we know he had his MBA, but do we know like what he did in town? Like, it, he was a manager at that, that Anheuser-Busch plant. At the Anheuser-Busch plant. Okay. So it's not like because of his job, he has access to all of these Secrets. No, no. It's not like he's like a doctor who goes like, this bitch has syphilis. And like, <laughs> I know she, you know. He's not the town psychiatrist who's leaking secrets in letters. Right, 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 okay. right, right. So it's just like, where's this person getting his money? And then also like when he's in solitary, how are things going to keep being sent? How many of these were copycat letters of people, mm-hmm. you know, going like, well, now's my chance. I'll write a weird blocky letter and tell Fran what I, I think about her. Fran, Fran's going to hear some words. Fucking Fran. I also think it's really interesting that, so Ron, when he died, they found out he shot his gun one time. Mm-hmm. They didn't, I mean, it's not a big town. They didn't notice anybody's car had a random new bullet hole in it. Nobody went to the there, hospital. There was that, there was that one person of interest and right. he passed a polygraph. That was it. But then, th- then the accusations are that uh, Sheriff Radcliffe is covering it up. Sure. So, yeah. can we even trust Sheriff Radcliffe? What, uh, anything interesting or of note happened to Mary? Or her daughter? No. Well, I mean, the yeah, best they got kind of, thing. Kind of terrorized by these letters for and a then while. And then uh, 1993, 94 dies. rolls around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unsolved. No violence ever actually came to them. No. Via booby trap no. or otherwise. Correct. And so that is one of the kind of circumstantial pieces of evidence they say that points to Karen is that like, you know, if Karen wants to set Paul up, but she doesn't want Mary to actually get hurt, she'd she'd tell Mary it's this sign specifically of the signs that you'll see. And what happened was the way it was basically the angle at which Mary went to it Mm -hmm. meant that she could end up. It was just coincidence that she could see the string and everything if she had gone on it straight on and just ripped the sign up she would have gotten shot see i i was thinking about that too because if it were me going around ripping shit up i'm not doing it careful enough to notice whether there's any random <laughs> bomb or booby trap so, wires coming off of the sign so if it's karen who is still alive and mm-hmm. like hates all this and was you know taking notes on everyone but like if it's karen she could get mary in on it and she's like okay i've set this whole thing up go at it from this side you, yeah. you'll be fine Here's a question. And Let's say you're you at the age you are now, but it's 1983. Sure. Okay. Okay. Would you be able to Elmer Fudd this device? No. Without the use of the interwebs or anybody no. else's help? Hell no. No, no, no. That just wouldn't no. happen. It just wouldn't happen. I have the only gun experience that I have is literally from 4-H camp. 
where uh, one of the like units that we got to do at 4-H camp was rifles. Mm-hmm. And we got to fire these little rifles and it was fine. And it was actually really hard for me because the safety goggles we had to wear didn't exactly fit over my glasses very well. Oh, so my, wow. my, so my So my choice was extreme pain or firing blind. <laughs> I think I went with firing blind too, which oh. I think is pretty hilarious. Um, but like we had to be set like... Yeah. It, you know, and, and we had like everything braced so that there was no kickback and all these things like that. So it ended up being okay. But uh, that was that was like, I don't have enough um, experience handling guns to know like, okay, well, what if I did this? But I do guess if I was really, really determined, I would just do it with an unloaded gun and then, you know, and be like, okay, how much force and what needs to pull on this? I, I guess I could figure guess, it out. Yes, but I'm trying to imagine it. I'm just having a hard time even imagining the scenario of you rip this thing out and something pulls something else and then the trigger goes. I mean, I would do a, <laughs> a pit bull <full> spikes <laughs> with a blanket over it first. Oh, I'm just driving my school bus and I see this lovely picnic all set up for me. And then there's a little sign that's like, Mary, stop and drink and eat me. I'm like, okay, here here comes Mary. Oh, no, I'm at the bottom of a pit. <laughs> Wiley so, E. Coyote style. Oh, my God. So one, lizards. <laughs> Who do you think? Do you think Paul was the writer? Do you agree with our forensic person do you or are you agreeing with our profiler who goes i don't think it's him you know people are divided our uh our podcaster marie mayhew thinks it was paul uh the two journalists yant and yokum do not think it was so you know people are divided and you know i think at this point if it hasn't come out by now you know unless there's going to be some weird deathbed confession somewhere i think this one might always be unsolved especially since there haven't been any letters since 93 94 um, so one, what do you think? And then two, how would you trap someone? Because <laughs> recently on a little group text I have with MM and Super Husband, I sent a picture saying I've set a trap for MM. And it was a picture of a very, very purple ube latte. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a croissant. And Super Husband goes, I'm imagining this with like a box and a stick. <laughs> That's literally, I mean, I saw it too. And my eyes went, Ooh. oh man. And then I was just like, yeah, or like uh, the, the net, like the rope net. And then like the <laughs> scoop whoop, up. And then now you're up in a tree. <laughs> but I would be fine because I would have, I would have the ube latte and the croissant. I'd be fine. I mean, until I came get you, now you have a, you have a treat. So how would you trap someone? Would it be with an ube latte? So that, awesome. those are my tales this week. So good. So good. Thank you, Katie. Those were awesome. I thought it was uh, kind of a long and winding. It's it's just so strange that it's like just this town. Yeah. And that's some that there were like a so it's a scatter of letters, but like all the stories focus on this main thing. I feel like it's some small town waspy shit. Like I'm not going to confront you directly, but what I am going to do is write a very sternly worded letter repeatedly. Well, and I feel like there are so many of these cases that are kind of like, there's like that, that house in, I think it's New Jersey. Yes. Where yes. they got like the watcher Watchers. letters mm. and things like that. Mm. Where it's just like, you definitely can't do it nowadays. Like everyone's got nest cams. Oh yeah. Like yeah. all you need is a, a good nest cam for like, particularly the watcher one where it's not being delivered via USPS. It's just like mm. a letter that shows up. Anyway. 
Uh, lizards, I hope you enjoyed this. Come pop a bottle with us next week when MM uh, tells us a new tale. I've got a great tale. I think it's a fantastic segue into spooky season. I've given you a little bit of a preview. It's about, it's an old, it's an oldie timey tale, even older timier than my last tale. It is about the three sisters in black from Virginia and their trail of murders. Your girl's getting her read on this week. Just, just for the benefit of you and the lizards. (laughs) Lizards. And Emma's going to the library for us. Uh, I'm going to the Kindle app store, actually, but that's okay. The Kindle app store library for us. That's right. <laughs> so come pop a ball with us next week. We'll get into spoopy season. And uh, we'll talk to you next